0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of High Flyer. Those of you who listen regularly will know that I am Mimi Dalton and that in the last episode I promised I was going to tell you about why I decided to stop flying Uh, but that was based on the rather arrogant assumption that my journey back to Stuttgart was going to go well so of course it was a fucking disaster and of course I'm going to tell you about that instead because I know that you're already here for the rants and we haven't had a good rant for a couple of episodes uh, but I am going to pepper it with reasons that I've decided to stop flying because, quite frankly, I'm at a point where I think I might give up on my resolve if I don't remind myself. So the last episode ended up being rather serious and I know that's not why you're all here But actually, this podcast is meant to be about a serious issue, which is attempting to stop flying because of climate change, because we're destroying our planet. And there are obviously myriad other ways that I am destroying the planet, because I'm not a saint I'm also not David Attenborough so I'm not going to sit here and give you a load of statistics about how much the sea levels have risen or global temperatures. What I'm more interested in doing is start, starting a conversation about how we as freelance musicians and if you have another job where you have to travel a lot than you as someone who travels a lot so us as business travellers can fly less and have less of a damaging impact on the environment and also maybe start organisations and the bigger structures of power thinking about how they could support us in making the right choice. That is all for you to look forward to later but we will of course start today's episode with my terrible journey because I'm not going to kid myself that that isn't why you're here. So last week I travelled from my mum and dad's house in Hampshire back to Stuttgart which is where I live. Uh, which was already quite a long journey I'm not traveling via Paris at the moment because as you'll remember there are a lot of strikes so I'm traveling via Brussels which takes longer and my parents don't live in London so I was set for a day that was going to last 12 hours leaving Hampshire at seven thirty and getting back to Stuttgart at 8 30 in the evening which is 12 hours later because there's a time difference and the Eurostar was on principle fine it was on time But there is something about travelling by Eurostar that seems to bring out the absolute worst in people from my home country. So across the aisle from me, there was a very loved up couple who I honestly think spent the entire journey... Uh, attached to each other's faces without basically breathing for air Uh, and look I'm all for public displays of affection and love is great but I think there's probably a limit to what's socially acceptable and I think they very definitely crossed it and then in the seats in front of me I had the elderly couple who were bickering the entire time and in the seats behind me I had someone who was absolutely terrified of going through the channel, channel tunnel and uh, this isn't the first time it's happened to me on the Eurostar. I seem to attract those people to sit near me and I don't know why. Anyway, I just shoved my headphones on and concentrated on watching Have I Got News For You on my phone. Uh, and that was honestly the only thing that kept me sane in that journey. Anyway, I got to Belgium fine and I went and had a nice few hours in my favourite cafe, which is called Mammoth. Uh, it's five minutes walk from the station if you're ever looking for somewhere to go in that area. Uh, I sat there, I read my book, I did a bit of work went back to the station, got the train and very smugly texted my mum as we went over the German border at Aachen and said, this is such a nice way to travel when everything is going to plan Uh, and so of course within two hours everything went catastrophically wrong Uh, we got to Cologne and they announced that we all had to get off the train because there was a Streckensperrung which means a track closure which meant that the train couldn't travel down towards Bonn. And they were suggesting that we boarded another train on a different platform 25 minutes later, which was also going south through Bonn. So I'm not sure what was so special about that train that it could go south, but my train couldn't. But uh, I wasn't really in a position to argue with Deutsche Bahn. So I got off the train and braced myself for what was to come. Now, I was not born yesterday, and I have encountered many a Deutsche Bahn delay in my two and a bit years of living in Germany. And so I prudently used my time between being thrown off in Cologne and boarding the next train to go to Ditch and buy some pizza, uh, which was delicious, spinach and mushroom, if you're wondering what my pizza order is in Ditch. And the next train turned up and threw us all off in Bonn, and at this point, I started thinking that we were probably going to reach the maximum Deutsche Bahn refund threshold, which is a 50% refund if you're two or more hours delayed. Uh, It's beyond me why they don't have a 100% refund option if you're, say, five or six hours delayed, but that's Deutsche Bahn for you. Anyway, a train did eventually appear at Bonn that was going to Stuttgart. Unfortunately, it was also going to every other station in between. But beggars can't be choosers, so that was the train I got onto. And on the plus side, it was a double-decker train. And as someone from the UK, we find double-decker transport inexplicably exciting. Uh, So that was glorious. What was less glorious was that I hadn't remembered to top up my water when I very cleverly remembered to buy pizza And I had done this entire day's travel with 400 millilitres of water and a cup of tea. So by this point I was rather thirsty and had uh, the options of either drinking water out of the toilet tap, which was not appealing, or chewing the same piece of gum for the next three hours as we ventured to Stuttgart. But it could have been worse. A colleague sent me an article about 1400 ICE passengers who on Friday night got thrown off their train due to a technical fault, uh, made to wait outside in the cold for two and a half hours. And then when they boarded a replacement train service, that got stopped because of a medical emergency on the line. And they didn't continue their journey until two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm gonna count my blessings. I watched a lot of TV. I finished one of the three books I am reading at the moment because I am one of those people who's incapable of reading one book at a time and I also caught up on sleep because I'd had a really busy trip to the UK. However, what was meant to be a 12-hour journey became a 15-hour journey and that really is a very long time and the pervading feeling when I got home at like half past 11 or midnight with only a 30 euro refund coming into my bank account was am I really going to do this to myself seven more times this year? And it's not seven more times this year. It's actually 14 because I'm doing seven return trips. Um, Because yeah, as I said to my mum in that text, when it works, it's great, but it never works. This is a conversation I've been having with increasing frequency recently with other colleagues who are trying not to fly. Uh, most of these colleagues are based in the UK and they are reliant on the Eurostar to get them off that landmass into intercontinental Europe if they're not going to fly. With all the strikes in France, the Eurostar through Paris just isn't reliable anymore. It too often is getting cancelled last minute or you're then having to rebook onto a train where only business class is available. Obviously, if you're coming into Germany or this part of Europe, you can go through Brussels. But if you're trying to get down to the south of France or Spain or Italy, Paris is the way to go. And for the last, I don't know, six months, maybe more, the only reliable way to do that has been with an aeroplane. So look, how do we, on the one hand, support strikes and support the benefits that those bring to our society, but on the other hand, say that we are firstly trying to do our jobs and secondly, trying to make the right choice for the planet. And it's impossible. And that doesn't even take into account the strikes internally in the countries where we all live. You... Listeners, more than half of you in the UK, will know about the rail strikes in the UK. I live in Germany, and this weekend, when I'm recording this episode of the podcast, there are strikes from Sunday night until Tuesday morning, or maybe till Tuesday night, I can't quite remember. Uh, It's actually making it impossible to do the right thing, and I don't know what the answer is. I am actually going to add in a little post-recording postscript, which I don't normally do, But shortly after recording this episode, the German train strikes were cancelled because apparently I live in a mature country where we can still negotiate with each other. And I'm sorry because that does sound terribly smug and like living in Germany is better than living in the UK. And yeah, in some ways it is. I'm really sorry. Now, you could argue that the answer is that we all need to be looking at a model where we work more locally, while we're not travelling so much for work. And on the one hand, I can see the merit of this on the other hand it feels incredibly small-minded and on the third hand because I now have three hands it's not the model on which the music industry currently operates and certainly for colleagues in the UK there just isn't enough work in that country at the moment for people to stay there and make a living. So all this brings me around to trying to find some inner resolve to keep up the no-fly thing or the attempting no-fly thing a bit longer. I mean, first things first, I have booked all my train travel to the UK and back for all my work there for the rest of this year. So I've committed, I've spent hundreds, literally hundreds of euros booking all of that. And actually, to be fair, plane's quite expensive at the moment as well, so it wouldn't have cost me much less to do it by plane. Um, There is a bit of me that feels like I need to be taking work in the UK less frequently, And that that is the long-term goal. Uh, This is a whole other conversation there about where I can find work and about moving to a new country as a freelancer and how long it takes to make a life like that, Uh, which we're not going to delve into now because it's none of your business. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to try and use the next, I don't know, five to ten minutes to remind myself why I travel like this and also just to tell you about it because you've committed to this podcast and also because... I do want you to make the same decision. I'm never, look, I'm never going to try and make someone else feel bad for flying. And quite often now people tell me they're taking a flight and then they apologise to me. And I'm like, don't, don't apologise to me. You don't need to apologise to me. I mean, if you want to apologise to someone, you can apologise to the unborn children that um, reside in my ovaries and might never come into existence as actual human children. But don't apologise to me because I'm not here to judge you. This is my choice and a lot of the time it feels like a really fucking stupid choice it's certainly not the easy choice but let us rewind to september 2020 when i decided to pack up my life and move to germany because of brexit and look that really is another podcast episode brexit or in fact another whole podcast uh so moving swiftly on i quickly established that even with the Covid pandemic, which was creating huge restrictions on travel at the time, I was travelling an awful lot between Germany and the UK and taking far more flights than I had in my past life, where I lived in one country, and I felt bad about it, but feeling bad about it wasn't enough to make me actually do something. What made me do something is that on the 31st of December 2020, the UK left European Union and I at the time had a British passport but I was still without a German visa because I was waiting for the paperwork to be processed. That process took until May 2021 and in the five months in between from January to May every time I crossed the border into Germany I was made to feel like I was breaking the law. Now this had a lot to do with Covid, there were very strict travel restrictions quite a lot of that time and There there were moments when you weren't allowed to enter Germany unless you could prove you lived here. Because I didn't have a visa, I was travelling with a ring binder, which was, you know, three centimetres thick with paperwork proving that I belonged in Germany, that I was allowed to be here. I had my rental contracts, I had all my bills, I had the piece of paper that showed I moved here, my bank statements, my registering with the tax office. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And every time my plane would land at Stuttgart Airport, I'd go to the police and I'd show them the whole folder and we'd go through it. And once I got taken into the back room for an interview with the police because they didn't believe me. And it was too much. It was too stressful. It was it was stressful to get on a plane and not know if when I got off at my destination, I was going to be allowed to actually enter the country and go home and use the door keys in my pocket to open the door to my house and go into it. And so I decided to stop flying, because when you travel by Eurostar, all the passport control happens before you get on the train. And so that meant that if I got turned away at the border, which for the Eurostar is in St Pancras station, I could say, fine, I can just get on the train and go back to my mum and dad's house or wherever I'm staying in London at the time. Whereas if I got turned away in Stuttgart, I mean you know, that's a whole flight back to England, that's more carbon in the atmosphere, that's more time, and then it's trying again a week later, or a month later, and hoping for the best. So that's why I stopped flying, that's why I decided to remove planes from my life. It, it had a little bit to do with the environment, but it was really about unhospitable immigration police, and that's what episode four of this podcast is about and it's about how privileged i am to not have to subject myself to their scrutiny anymore i mean you could well listen to all of that and think well i've got the visa now and the travel restrictions have ended so why didn't i start flying again when all those things were in the past when all those issues were in the past and i guess the the truth is that in that first six months or so of not flying i i grew rather pleased with myself about it. I felt good about not taking flights and not uh, damaging the environment any more than I already do in my life. Uh, It became something that felt rather unnecessary and I very much developed the attitude that if I could do it by train, then why wouldn't I? And I suppose that is the story of how I became someone who didn't fly I did it because I felt like I had to and then it just became a habit it became a lifestyle choice and that's what it is it's a lifestyle choice and so now the struggles are that the trains don't work or there's strikes or it's boring or it's expensive or most crucially half the time I can't persuade the people who are employing me that they should pay the extra 75 or 100 quid for me to come by train when they think that it's better to just book me onto the first budget airline. And I have been in the privileged privileged position up to this point to take the hit when that happens. And I'll turn around to a company and I'll say, look, you give me the airfare and I will pay the surplus for a train if I have to. But with the current situation of how expensive it is to be alive I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to keep this up so I suppose my my next battle is to try and make the people who employ me and who employ other musicians believe that they need to put the money forward they actually need to meet the green pledges that they will all have in their business plans to make it possible for us the freelancers to make the right choice without going out of pocket ourselves I think that's it, I think that's my story, that's my manifesto, my call to arms. It's funny actually, I quite often get asked on first dates what my story is and it is my least favourite question to be asked because I can never work out if my date's just slightly racist and trying to ask me where I really come from or if they genuinely want to know and how on earth am I meant to sum up almost 29 years on this planet in a few short pithy sentences. Uh, But if I had to choose a story... I think this will be it this is the the story that I'm living right now and there are other conversations to have here but that is why I started a podcast there's there's a conversation to have about how we can make train travel more pleasurable and there's some brilliant books I've read that have really changed my attitude to the whole thing and uh, which are the reason that I enjoy it so much now and why I've kept it up this long I think there's a conversation to have with organisation leaders about how they could support us to be doing this. And also, I want to start talking to other people out there who have chosen not to fly about why they made that choice and how they survive it, how they navigate it. So uh, I've been in touch with a couple of people who I want to be guests and uh, I will reach out to more over the coming weeks and months. But if you are listening to this and you also have made this mad lifestyle choice. If you are part of the cult, uh please do get in touch because I would love to talk to you, like properly would love to talk to you uh, as you are noticing from all these episodes I really like talking about trains Uh, and on that note I'm going to say goodbye I'm not going to tell you what the next episode's going to be about because I don't know what's going to have happened by then I mean I'm looking at my diary and thinking I'm not going anywhere in the next two weeks but I'm a freelance musician so anything could happen Uh, right okay take care everyone stay on the ground and keep safe goodbye and thank you for listening Thank you for choosing Deutsche Bahn today, take care and goodbye.